When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars are 2-2. Two and two. Yes, They sir. lost a, a rainy game to the Eagles, but a chance to bounce back this weekend against yeah, the Texans. As bad as they played last week, they had a chance to win at the end, or at least tie at the end of the game. 29-21, you get the ball with Trevor Lawrence. You mentioned this, I think, even as early as last week or two weeks ago about Trevor not showing a, that big play finishing ability on a game-ending drive. He yeah. just hasn't done it, had a chance last week, and we shouldn't have been surprised, but that drive, the game-winning potential game-tying drive, ended with the fifth turnover of the game for Trevor Lawrence. So his uh, the body of work on Trevor, the ability to lead a, a game ceiling or a game-tying drive down in the fourth quarter, final two minutes, still absent from that body of work. Very disappointing, but it, it, it shows you how far Jacksonville's come. If you have five turnovers in a game last year, you get beat by 30. Right. If you have five turnovers in a game this year, you lose by right. eight to the best team in the league with a chance still to tie. Shows you how far that team has come. Yes, a loss, a disappointing loss, but um, again, small things. Had you told me before the season started, five weeks into the season, Jags would be tied for first in the AFC South at 2-2, two and two, I'd have taken that every time. Of course you would. And I mean, you know, ultimately, if you say, said, you know, I'll give you the, this is the deal on the table. Every week the Jaguars would get the ball last or with, in the final two minutes of the game with a chance to go down and win it. Mm-hmm. I think you'd take that deal so. and say that, I, you know, I'll trust them to go and convert more of them than they fail. Ultimately, so far, they failed twice. But at some point with those opportunities, you think they'll learn how to step on the other team's throat. And right now, this is a very front-running team. They're comfortable when they are in control of a ball game. They showed that they could fight back against the Commanders in Week 1, but in Week 2, they, they jumped out on the Colts and never looked back. Right. In, in week three, they jumped out on the Chargers and never looked back. In week four, they jumped out on the, on the Eagles and they were look, feeling fine. And if they go up 21 to nothing, I feel like this team goes on and wins that game. But when the Eagles were able to respond and cut that to a 14 to 7 lead, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this team didn't know how to turn it on and stomp the door shut or stomp on the other team and and close the door on it. So that's what happened. I think this is a good week for them to get that first taste of learning how to win those close games because the Texans are just in a they're a team that hangs in there. They're not going to quit. Somehow all of their games seem to be close no matter who they've been playing this year. They haven't won a game, but they're not getting blown out. So this this is a game I don't think is going to be very lopsided. Right. And yeah, I do think with Jacksonville, they're not at the point yet where they are able to just absolutely stomp out a team. I, I don't think, you know, even you look at the Texans, they're probably the worst team on paper in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't won a game yet. Davis Mills has struggled. But you look at if there's certain things in AFC South that are a given, the Colts can't win in Jacksonville. Right. The Jaguars can't win in Nashville. And the Jags, Jags, regardless of how good they are, can't beat the freaking Texans. <laughs> you can't beat the Texans. I mean, as bad as the Texans have been and as decent as the Jaguars have been, um, you know, in the last, 
since the Texans came into existence in 2002, this rivalry has been controlled by the Texans, 27 and 13 against the Jaguars. And we mentioned this last week. The Texans last year were supposed to be the worst team maybe in NFL history. History, not just last season. Yeah. And they came out behind Tyrod Taylor and gassed the Jaguars in week, week one. And I don't understand what kind of mental block exists with the Jags and the Texans, but it is there. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I do think Jacksonville wins this game, but I'm not comfortable that they win this game just between no. because of the history there. No, and and we, we like to talk about the history a lot when it's one-sided for the Jaguars, like the Colts' inability to win in Jacksonville. But you don't like to talk about the history as much when it, it favors the other team. So we'll have to see how this one comes out. I think there's two big keys to this game. Number one, the Jaguars have to win that turnover differential, which they've done in the two games that they've won. Mm-hmm. Um the big thing last week, obviously, was Trevor Lawrence's fumbles. The weather should be great in this one. Shouldn't have that problem. If The defense has to find a way to get turnovers. The other thing, stop Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Jaguars can bring in Dan Mullen because he's the only person who's <laughs> consistently kept Damian Pierce in, in the corral. But, you know, look, Pierce is a very good running back. Last week, the Jaguars' defense got gashed. And he's the only guy on that Texans all, outside of Brandon Cooks. But... The guy delivering him the ball ain't it. Right. So if you can take Pierce out of it, make them one-dimensional, and make Davis Mills have to beat you, all of a sudden Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell, and those guys get to go out and make some plays, and they're feeling pretty good. I do like the the matchup between Davis Mills and his cast of receivers against his Jaguar secondary, the healthy secondary. They played well last week, a pick six by Sisco. The thing to me that is key in this game is that line of scrimmage is making why the defensive backs have looked so good this year, why those turnovers have flowed like water, has been that pressure at the line of scrimmage. Um, However that comes in the form of linebacker rushes, but it started the line of scrimmage. There's a big question mark on Foley Fadakasi if he's available, you know, his availability. So that's a a big question mark there. And the Jags don't have that big body on the line Mm -hmm. like they had like in 2017, Marcel Darius. Jacksonville's run defense that year was bad, bad, bad. They made a midseason trade, got Marcel, and we wound up going to the AFC Championship game. So I think Jacksonville's, how do they respond at that line of scrimmage with Foley uh, not playing this week? I mean, Devon Hamilton, he's the only big body on that line, and you don't have that depth. When you've got tweener defensive ends, you know, 270, 280, 290, mm-hmm. you don't have those big bodies down there and that luxury there of stopping that run uh, at the line of scrimmage. We saw what happened last game with Foley banged up. You don't have that big body, and that's what worries me in this game with Damian Pierce running so well. And that pressure at the line of scrimmage, that uncomfortability factor for quarterbacks when they face that Jaguars defense, doesn't look quite the same this week without Foley in the middle. No, it's definitely going to be a big test for them. I mean, last week Roy Robertson-Harris had to play a ton of snaps. And that's not exactly ideal. The expectation, obviously, without Foley is that they're going to call up Corey Peters. Some of the Jaguars players kind of spilled the beans on that earlier in the week. So Corey Peters, who's on their practice squad, a big 300-pounder who's been around the league for a while, probably going to help fill in that role for Foley Fatukasi. Um, but can Peters play up to the level that Foley's played? No. And this isn't something that we're surprised by. When the roster construction came out, we kept saying, why do they only have two big guys on the line of scrimmage? Devon Hamilton and Foley Fatukasi. Mm-hmm. All it took was one injury, and all of a sudden you're like, what's going on? And that injury happened, and now we're like, okay, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And it's either, okay, we're going to throw more work at Devon, or you're going to have to 
take a guy off your practice squad and basically play him the full mm-hmm. tilt of snaps because Adam Gostas can only play so many. He's not exactly a big 300-pounder out there. Good player, mm-hmm. not a big 300-pound guy. So this team was always built. The defense is built to be a front runner. Stop the run, force teams to pass. That's what they're built and geared to do because you got guys like Arden Key and Dewan Smoot who are now basically defensive tackles, mm-hmm. and Smoot's the bigger of the pair, and he's what 270, 280, yep. and while and Arden Key's two like 240, 250. So you've got two light sub defensive tackles who can come in and get after the passer. Great. But they're not even exactly going to be able to come in there and give you big how are downs you, on run. How are those guys handling a 310 offensive pound offensive lineman? That's the You'll problem. You'll get them obliterated if you right. put them out there consistently. And that's what Foley does so well. He right. occupies those blockers. Uh, and again, Devon Hamilton, you, instead of having two big 320 pounders, you've got one right now. And how many snaps is, is Devon going to play? I mean, Foley has been, to me, one of the better free agent acquisitions this year just for what mm-hmm. he brings to that line. And you don't have that now, and your defense is predicated on making that quarterback as uncomfortable as possible. Uh, you know, Getting him out of the pocket, we saw it work against Justin Herbert. Um, we saw it working against Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. When you put that pressure on them, at the line of scrimmage, even just even just making them, you know, get off their their back foot and have to throw off their front foot. Mm-hmm. It's just so different when you have that constant pressure. And again, Jacksonville is so set up on that line of scrimmage and making those guys uncomfortable. Um, so how does that? That's that, to me, that's big. Um, the big thing to watch this game. And again, the def- the secondary has been phenomenal this year. Turnovers have been great this year. Um, but it all starts at that line of scrimmage and. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson, I, uh, I know he was a little bit worried after last week with, with Foley going out. He didn't know if that quad injury was going to linger. Obviously, it has uh, this week. So you got to hope that he gets back quicker than normal. But that's, that's the only thing that worries me about this Texans game is the ability to make Davis Mills uncomfortable. Yeah, I think they'll be able to get after Mills. The big thing is, is getting ahead enough in, in a close game. Can Damian Pierce be a huge factor? And the answer is yes. So... The big thing would be if the Jaguars' offense could start putting a bunch of points on the board to space it out and make the Texans feel like they had to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that this is the week that they're able to do that. This Lovey Smith defense so far this year hasn't been the turnover machine that Lovey Smith defenses historically are. They only have one turnover so far this season. They've given up a lot, but they also have given teams enough problems that it's kept them in close games. Mm-hmm. They're not giving up a ton of points. And they've come back, too, when they've been getting absolutely right. whacked in games, too. So, um, that again, the, the thing that worries me this week is that defense changing a little bit with the absence of Foley. And Damian Pierce, he's their, their lone guy, doing something against Jacksonville after coming off that game last week against the Eagles um, where you had one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Jalen Hurts. You absolutely... You actually did a good job on Jalen Hurts last game, and the run game absolutely destroyed you last week. So, oh and Foley was, you know, missing for the the latter half of that game. So that's what worries me this week with a good run-based offense. The history there, to, again, you can't overlook that history. And the Texans have won eight straight against Jacksonville, obliterated them last year. Um, and again, I think they're going to come in here and give Jacksonville all can handle. Yeah, now on the other side of the ball, the Jaguars' offense, obviously last week in the rain and wind, it didn't go so well. 
So the hope is that they can bounce back this week. Trevor Lawrence has had multiple games of, of, of more than two fumbles. Last season, I think it was three or four. This year, this was the first real fumbly game. So we're hoping that this is kind of a blip. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson talked about needing him to have two hands on the ball and, and to play a little bit better and protect the ball. And I think Trevor understands that he has to do that. This is the week that he can show that growth and that, that bounce back potential. Uh, the big key for this offense so far this year, Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. If he's involved in the game, all of a sudden that opens up other people. I think obviously we un- probably undervalued Zay Jones, who's back this week. Uh, a little bit because what he can what he does opens up Christian Kirk, but Jamal Agnew has also earned a little bit of a yeah, bigger role I, in this offense after what he did. What last a good week. game last week! I mean, out of nowhere, I mean, he was a gadget guy last year when he was healthy in the offense. He did show some plays uh, where I think he had like a sixty or seventy yard touchdown grab last year, kind of a play in the flat where he took it the the distance and. Uh, he showed that last last week that he could be the guy that is counted on, depended on to deliver. He should have had another touchdown in the overthrow uh, by Trevor that should have made it 21-0. And um, you add Jamal Agnew to that mix and show what he's capable of. And then you add a healthy Zay into the mix. Suddenly this offense is growing a little bit with playmakers, right? It's, it's not that they have the guy, but Doug Peterson and Press Taylor are doing a good job of using the guys that mm-hmm. they have. They, they've shown that Christian Kirk is going to be their wide receiver one. But their goal isn't to have Christian Kirk matched up against a corner. Mm-hmm. They like to move him around and try and get him matched up on the other team's linebackers, which Christian Kirk should win that matchup every time. If you can make that happen, great. So Christian Kirk, clearly a big part of what they want to do. Um, other teams now know what they like to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how this chess match starts to evolve now that they have four weeks of tape of the Jaguars getting Christian Kirk matched up on these linebackers. Clearly it was working last week because the Jamal Agnew touchdown plays are things that we've seen them do with Christian Kirk Mm -hmm. already this season. So it was more of a switch of, okay, well, Kirk's going to play Zay's role and then Jamal Agnew plays that slot role where Kirk was was having such success. So we'll we'll see now that things kind of go back to the way they were or or, or to to the way things were now that Zay Jones is healthy. just where the defense adjusts. The good thing is that this Lovey Smith defense, Lovey Smith basically has his formula and he's not changing it no matter what you're doing. He's gonna go out there and they're gonna do what they do and either it's gonna work or it ain't. Last you know, last week you gotta hope was a blip for not only Trevor but Christian Kirk. Yeah. He had a terrible game oh, last week with drops and just not a good game for Christian Kirk last week. Not a good game for the Jaguars offense in general. Um, but Christian Kirk had been so dependable for those three games. Mm-hmm. You've seen what he can do in those first three weeks. He's going to be a big part of this offense. And just a bad game all around last week. So you have to hope that, A, that doesn't bleed over, and it doesn't bleed over between Trevor and Christian. Your offense may can, could survive the ebbs of one player, you know, receiver drops here, but your receiver and your quarterback are having terrible games like that. And you're still almost in, in position to win that game in the end. You imagine if... You know, Christian had a, had a decent game, hauled in some of those passes, and you can't have two, you're two of your most important guys can't do with it. games like last week. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to do something that we really shouldn't do, even though we're already four weeks into the season. I'm going to say playoffs. Uh, the Jaguars do have the easiest schedule the rest of the way in the NFL. So they are the favorite to win the AFC South for a very good reason. They have three big tests, Dallas, Kansas City, and Baltimore. All the rest of their games look 100% winnable. Teams like Denver, Denver looks awful. Awful. Um, the Raiders don't look good. So some of those games, 
are very winnable. The Colts mm-hmm. look terrible. The Texans, we'll see this week. Um, the Titans have been up and down. Mm-hmm. So the Jaguars have a very winnable schedule, which would put them in the playoffs. But the one big thing here is that that weather was bad, but it's, if they end up in the playoffs, they could see worse mm-hmm. weather than that. A lot of the players have talked about, you know, the, the, this was some of the worst rain they've ever played in in their life because the wind was whipping. I mean, 15 to 19 mile per hour sustained winds. Mm-hmm. The rain was coming down sideways. You really couldn't see it at home on the television and as I think well. The, I think the wind more than the rain last week was was the issue. It was definitely a combination because, I mean, some of the guys were even saying it was cold up mm-hmm. there. I mean, one of the Eagles players, they, he was mic'd up, Devonta Smith. And, you know, the mic'd up popped up, and he's like, man, let me get in the locker room. It's cold yeah. out here. Yep. You know, so so it was definitely not perfect conditions. But think about it if they have to go in January Buff- to Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if you if you got to go to January to Buffalo, it ain't going to be purdy. Mm-hmm. If you got to go to January, I don't know, New England, I'm not saying that the Patriots are necessarily a high seed this year, but it's possible. So what this team needs to do is if they're going to make the playoffs, they need to make sure they win the division so that way they got a home game. So this is something that you might want to file in the back of that cabinet because if we are talking about this as a playoff team like many of us really expect them to be at this point, you need to keep in mind the conditions because this team is not conditioned to go up and play in, you know, sleet or bad cold rain, snow. They're, they're not ready to do it. You got to think about Trevor Lawrence is a Clemson and Georgia kid. Mm-hmm. How much of that has he played in realistically? Christian Kirk is a guy from Arizona, played college football in Texas, went back to Arizona. So he's not exactly conditioned to play right. in that. I mean, Shaquille Griffin, a Florida guy. Rayshon Gr- Jenkins, a Florida guy. Like, I can go through this roster up and down, and the majority of these dudes ain't from places <laughs> that get too much snow. So uh, I'm just saying, just file that one in the back of the cabinet and say if, they, if January rolls around and they're going up to Buffalo, let's keep them expectations low. <laughs> Check the forecast. <laughs> just, that's true, and again, I think I think more of the wind than anything last week. I, well, I mean, the rain with the fumbles, um, big time there. But yeah, of course, the elements. You got to play better than that. The elements. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles were playing in the same weather last were. last week as Jacksonville, so you didn't see Jalen Hurts fumbling the ball everywhere. He didn't have a particularly great game. Uh, he had the one pick that was a deflection, a tip drill, interception, but not a bad game all around from Jalen Hurts. He was still able to move the ball. Jacksonville's got to do better in those elements. You've got, I mean, you've got to know you're going to see at some point, whether it be the playoffs or even a late season game yeah. somewhere, I mean, you're going to see conditions that are not conducive to beautiful kind of football played. Look, you know, we see some of these teams that don't excel in those situations. Like Philly, Philly in January, again, is, it can be very bad conditions. So they have to be accustomed to that. January here, Odds and ends, it might be 60 degrees. You yeah. know, it's, it's very possible. So it, it's different. I mean, you see some of those dome teams, you know, if they have a they have their best chance of making the playoffs, if they have a streak where they play indoors, and mm-hmm. then if they go outside, it's very different. So we'll see how that handles. Let's let's get back to this week. All right, Justin, let's go ahead and pick the game. How are you feeling about the Jaguars? I think they bounced back. You know, I picked the, them over the Eagles last week. I, I felt great about that about nine minutes into the game. Uh, was was almost about to goad you on Twitter for – Doubting the Jaguars, and then the wheels fell off. But hey, my score was like almost right were, on point too. Yes, you were. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jacksonville this week, uh, 29-13. I'll go with uh, I'll go with a 16 point win for the Jaguars. I do think they harassed Davis Mills into a bad enough game. I think that eight game losing streak. Again, what you've done this year to me so far, if you lose this game, is all for not. You can't. Yeah. 
yeah. have the Texans beat you in a division game at home with as much as riding as, as on it now. And you get an early season game, disappoint, you know, it's not over if you lose your third game. This, is, this would be a catastrophic loss to me if you lose this game to the Texans at home with all the progress that you've shown so far against better quality, better caliber teams. So I think Jacksonville puts it together. I do think it'll be a sloppy game, but I think they win 29-13. Yeah, this feels like a must-win game for the Jaguars. I know it's early in the season. I know it's a division game, but this is a must-win game because if you go and drop to 2-3 and three after losing to a winless Texans team, yes. all of a sudden all those warm, fuzzy, confident feelings that you've had about the start to the year, they go away and, and you're like, and oh my God, this is the Jaguars that we've all exactly, seen. Exactly. I think everything and comes back. It, that's every, exactly where you're at. The naysayers, the doubters, that, it's same thing. Trevor's a bust. It, 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 it all comes surging. Back All of that this. noise comes right back. I don't think the Jaguars lose. I think they snapped the skid against the Texans this week. I'm going to pick a very close game. Again, I think the Texans are just that annoying kind of fly, like gnat in the room kind of team that just hangs in there, and you everybody's just going to barely edge them out. Uh, I have the Jaguars winning this one 23-20, to 20, so keeping okay. people on the edge of their seats. Um, could be a good one for this young roster to learn how to win those close games. This isn't a pretty one that Jaguars fans are going to be excited about, but this is the kind of win that a team that has struggled to win games needs to have because at some point, I mean, we hear Kirby Smart talk about it every week with Georgia. Your team has to learn how to win those close games because realistically, in the NFL, most games are one-score games. Yep. So right now, the Jaguars have won two games, and they've both been by landslides. That ain't going to happen. If they make it to the playoffs or they're going to take down the Titans and things like that, they're going to be in close games. And this team needs to have the confidence that they can close the door and step on the other team and do it in a close game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence did, got it done in London. We haven't seen him do that in right. the final game, uh, final drive of a game since then. Yes. But uh, this is going to be his chance this week because I fully expect this Texans team to hang tough with the Jaguars. All right, we'll check back in with you next week. We'll have to wait and see if the Jaguars can get the job done. Thanks for tuning in to the News for Jags podcast, and we'll see you next time.